Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Deidre. Where's Hey, Isa? I'm right here. <laughs> oh, y'all, we are in our feelings tonight, okay? Uh, you guys can probably tell the energy is not as, you know, fiery and lit as it usually is because we are talking about something that's a little unpleasant, especially for Black women. Um, in a nutshell, we're talking about the neglect, the abandonment, the complete disregard of it all. I could continue being extreme or we could just get started here, Isa. Because, <laughs> you know, I, can, I got a million more of these, baby. <laughs> you know, when you hear that clip from, um, from Malcolm X, Beyonce's used it, but a lot of people have used it on their songs, movies, and they say that the most neglected, the most unprotected, the most, the most disrespected, disrespected. Mm-hmm. in America is the Black woman. That's what this episode is about. It's about y'all Ashimora skunts. Let me, you know what? Let me not start the episode off cussing because I want people, I want people to feel welcome. I want people to come into the Kumbaya circle and I want them to listen to everything we have to say. Yeah. And then, and then if y'all choose not to listen, then you could get your mother's gun. How about that? Oh, yes. And then we could really turn it up in this bitch and drag right. you, your mama, her mama, and her best friend. Exactly. So... A, a, a long chain of events has brought about this episode. I want Taya to know, Deidre and I have been trying to record this episode since maybe the last beginning season. of last season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it initially was supposed to be sort of a Black Lives Matter themed episode, of course, about all the racial violence that's in the spotlight right now. I'm not going to say that's just now happening, because if you think that this sort of brutality is, is a new thing that's happening in 2020, yeah, no. then you've been living under a rock, obviously. No, but it's white people finally are starting to care. That's right. what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but as two black women, um, we thought it was important not just to talk about brutality um, towards the black community in this country, but to sort of make it a more specific topic and talk about the brutality that black women face. Because... A lot of times, y'all, in response to brutality, go hard for Black men. Mm-hmm. And this is not me saying that's a bad thing. This is not me saying that we shouldn't do that. This is me saying that Black men aren't the only people who face racial violence in this country. They're not. And on top of that, Black women face violence within their own communities. And yeah. both... I think, DJ, we definitely could say that both you and I have had some level of experience with that ourselves. But, like, we've also been witnessing that shit over and over and over again on social media. So, I mean, just to hop in, we're recording this on Toyin's birthday. No true? Yeah. Today. So, today Mm -hmm. is... um, the birthday of a young woman, a young black woman, an activist. Um, her name, well, her nickname was Toyin for short. She was active on Twitter, um, but she was also a Florida activist who was often at protests, often, you know, seen at the forefront 
um, you know, speaking on behalf of, of black people who had faced yeah. brutality. Yeah. Um, Toyin, unfortunately, was murdered, was kidnapped and murdered by a black man. And she not only was kidnapped and murdered, and I guess we should enter a trigger warning here. We're going to be talking about a lot of violent themes and a lot of traumatic things this episode. So prepare yourself mentally for that if this isn't that type of episode for you. But Toyin basically, you know, met her death at the hands of a, a, a black man. And what makes it worse, it was a black man who approached her with the intent, supposedly, of protecting her. Um, he sexually assaulted her and she spoke out about it and then she was murdered. Um, so it's, it's fitting, but it's also tragic that we're even recording this episode on her birthday because she should be here. Yeah. Um, she should still be here, but there's also a lot of other black women who should still be here. Brianna Taylor should still be here. Sandra Bland should still be here. Like, there's so many black women and I don't think people realize that. So when you think about Black Lives Matter and you see those long lists of people who've been killed at the hands of police, right? Typically, and I've seen this so many times, I always see people compiling the list of the black men who've been killed yep. by police. Mm-hmm. I always see people come online and say, I'm afraid to have black That's, sons. Yeah. I'm afraid to send my sons to school. And it's people who have sons and daughters who will say, I'm afraid to send my sons to school. So before we really dive into this episode and we start talking about um, specific topics, I, I want to bring up some stats for you guys, because I need y'all to understand that while DJ and I are very passionate about this topic, um, we, we also are speaking the truth. Like we're not coming on here because we're black women and we're speaking from our perspective. Yeah. The fact that black women face significant amounts of violence in this country, it's, it's a fact. Like, so I'm, I'm reading you stats right now. Black women have the highest rates of homicide in this country. Okay? Not not black men. And this is... When I say things like this, I need y'all to remember that this is not me comparing so that we care less about one than the other. This is just me stating facts. Okay? Um, it's a fact that the deaths of black women don't spark the same level of outrage in this country, media-wise, social media-wise, as the deaths of black men do. Okay? Um... For example, a lot of black women have dealt with police brutality or been killed and there haven't been these social media movements. There haven't been protests. There haven't been large levels of national outrage, right? And people love to say that, oh, it's because it wasn't filmed. And the reason that black men's deaths are um, more public is because they're, they're usually on video or whatever. So (laughs) let me tell you why that's problematic. One, there have been multiple black women whose deaths have been filmed or who, who have had their violence against them filmed. Exactly. Two, if video outrage is literally the only reason why you're speaking out about police, if you need a video for you to be like, yo, that's fucked up. That's a big problem. Right. That's the case. So, Okay. Before I, you know, keep going on to more stats, DJ, I guess, I guess my question for you is when did you sort of realize that we were at, 
I don't, I don't even want to say it, but it's the truth. When did you realize that black women were literally like bottom tier of black people in terms of treatment, in terms of how the world views us? Like, when did it hit you? Like, yo, I'm black, but I'm also a woman and I can't choose. Well, actually that's what I'm going to ask you next too. Yeah. Um, shit. That's a really good question, Jay. Um, I want to say around the time I started to be aware of how bad it is. Like, you know, when we started to really see this stuff happening in the news, you know, I want to say around when Trayvon Martin was murdered. And obviously I cared so much about the fact that this baby was taken away, you know? And then I started to learn more about how many people were just, I mean, this was nothing new to me. I knew this was the way black people were treated, but because these things started to be more public, I started to be more aware But then when Sandra Bland died and everyone's first response was, but why was she mouthing off at the officers? That's when it hit me like, oh, we're the fuck doomed. Like, no, I'm not going to lie. Growing up, I love my family, but a lot of them are very chauvinistic. So growing up, I can remember feeling like there's an imbalance here. You know, basic sexist shit. Like I had a cousin who was the only boy in his home and he didn't have to do chores. Like that's on a basic level. That's basic as fuck. But the minute I saw people's reaction to Sandra Bland dying, I was like, so they just don't give a fuck about black women. That, that That's what's happening here. You know? And from that moment on, I've just been kind of like passionate as hell, writing hard. And then of course, aside from these things, we always knew it, you know, even when it comes down to people and their preferences shout out to our last episode um people and their preferences you know black women are where not even on the stove like we don't even have a place when it comes to what people want so why would they even feel the need to protect us you know we have to take care of each other that's kind of this mindset that i created a while ago like if they're not going to protect us we just got to protect each other and we shouldn't have to feel that way Exactly. Um, I think so for me, and it's funny because before the recording of this episode, I actually just heard a clip of an episode that you and I were guests on, um, on the Millennially Yours podcast. Shout out to Jackie. I had such a good time. Hey, Jackie. It was a, it was a great episode. We had a great discussion, but something that we brought up in that episode was, you know, that, that idea of this violence happening and mothers feeling like, Oh my God, I have to protect my son, but never mentioning their daughters. Right. Um, I think I've always sort of felt that way. Like mothers tend to have, especially in the black community, I don't know about anywhere else, but mothers tend to have this, I want to protect my son type shit going on. Right. Whereas they sort of raise their daughters. Like so many of us who have brothers can recognize like how different the dynamic in a house was in comparison to how it was for our brothers. Like my brother got away with so much shit. Right. My brother used to have girls in the house, um, you know, in his room with him, door closed while my mom was at home. Like, he was doing the thing thing. You know, he was yeah, doing the thing thing. But like my brother's girlfriends used to be coming over, like just, and my mom never, like, I don't, I don't remember that same type of warmth being there for like when we wanted to bring like our boyfriends over to like meet the family and shit. Like my brother, I could remember he got a, a brand new BMW when he was younger that my parents got him and crashed it. Um, and of course I know they were mad at him, but like they still allowed him to like drive other family cars and shit. Just 
all this stuff that they were just so willing to forgive for, right? Whereas like, God forbid, hey, Isaac kisses a boy outside the house and the neighbor tells her mother. Like yeah. stuff like that, like just, and of course that has to do with misogyny and how people see women versus men. But, yeah. you know, that, that misogyny sort of, comes into the family dynamic. Like I love my son, but I'm raising my daughter, you know? So I feel like that sort of bleeds out into the community as well and into how we see black women. But it, it also has to do with this idea that black women are just supposed to be the, the, like, I don't think we're seen as vulnerable. I don't think we're seen as having the potential to be weak. I don't think we're seen as people people that can break and people that can be done harm. And I think literally the community views us as black women can take it and take it and take it and take it. And they're such survivors and they can survive anything. And we're so strong. Right. You know, I I get offended now when I get complimented, not so much offended, but when people compliment me and include the word strong, I find myself cringing and asking why, why do you think I'm strong? It bothers me. It does. Like, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. it. Like, the only time I want to be referred to as strong is if we're having, like, I love to lift weights, y'all. If we lift in weights and we have a little competition going, that's the only time you could call me strong. Otherwise, compliment me in any other way, but don't include strong. Because I'm not Teflon. I wasn't brought here. And I feel like we've recently said this. I wasn't brought here to be a pit bull for the community. Yeah. Okay? And that's another thing, like, they the community expects so much of black women, right? When we have protests, everybody knows if you look at any protest picture, likely the people on the front lines are going to be black women, right? Black lives matter. And not the hashtag, the organization was founded by queer black women. Okay. So we're out there. We're, we're constantly doing the work. We're raising the families. We're being your support system. We're being your quote unquote therapist. But then when we face violence, like you said, with Sandra Bland, it's, oh, she was mouthing off. You know how crazy it is for me to see the same, you know, let's, let's give an example. I've literally seen the same black man come on the internet and say, oh, they treat when a white man does something violent, they take him to Burger King or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when a black man does something violent, he gets killed. Right. But then when Sandra Bland got arrested and was put in jail, I would see the same people who could understand the previous logic say, well, why was she mouthing off? Why didn't, if she had just listened, yeah, yeah, if she had just complied, then that wouldn't have been a violent situation. Like, I feel like when it comes to black women, there's no grace. There's no, like, I, it confuses me. And then these are the same men who come on the internet and say, like, I love black women and protect yeah. black women and blah, blah, blah. But y'all not protecting us. Like, You're not. you know, I saw, oh my gosh, I need to look for it while we're here. I saw a Twitter post that literally made me sick to my stomach. This guy goes, if y'all want me to protect you, then... Y'all need to smile. Like, you know how dudes will see a woman and be like, oh, smile. He literally was like, the only way I'm going to protect y'all is if y'all smile when I say smile. And I'm like, for that, I'm good. So let's let's talk about the incident that brought that conversation up, though. Because I, I think everybody knows what really led to this episode. And it's the the shooting of Megan Stallion, right? Oh. <laughs> oh, I know. 
So, <laughs> you know, that's a trigger for me. So in July, Megan Thee Stallion, you know, news broke that Megan Thee Stallion um, had been involved in an incident, that in that incident, Tory Lanez was arrested, um, that they found a gun in his car. Um, and then it came out that she had received injuries to her foot, right? After that initial report, it then sort of was confirmed. And I think she said it herself too, that she, yeah, she released a, a like a text statement on Instagram. And she said, I was shot twice. I think she said in both feet. Yeah. And she wasn't arrested because people were initially saying that she got arrested too. She was like, I was never arrested. The police escorted me to the hospital and I had to have surgery on both feet. Um, so she confirmed that she was shot. She never said who shot her. There was a lot of speculation. And I feel like in the first statement, she didn't confirm that it was both feet. It was when she went live, when she said it was both feet. When she said, yeah. So, but she said she sustained gunshot wounds to her feet. So then she, you know, she never said who shot her. She never said what happened. So there was a lot of speculation. Of course, people in us already assumed that Tory Lanez had something to do with it because he was arrested for having a gun. Because niggas. Right. Let's just say what it is. So from the time that report came out, there was all this speculation on the internet and everybody having these discussions. And of course, it always, every single time when a black woman experiences violence, some dumbass comes on the internet and says, well, what did she do? Exactly. Because so many people were like, oh, well, she must have been putting hands on him. She must have been mad at him for something and bitching. Like, and then they started making her like they started making these comments, basically making her like subhuman, like, oh, you see how big she and I hate when people do that to black women. You see how big she is. You see how muscular she is like. And then Tory Lanez is so small. How could he? First of all, a, a gun. You think a gun carry if you seven foot twelve, bitch? Like. But then there was anyway. also transphobia. <laughs> they sprinkled in a little transphobia because yeah. Who was it that was like, oh, she uh, Tory Lanez must have seen that dick and then shot her. Like this is the kind of Yo, shit black woman gotta deal with. There like, were so many like horrid comments online, right? And this was early on, not even you know, when she came out and confirmed that it was him, like this was from the get go, people were already making this her fault without even knowing or hearing anything about what happened. So even aside from those who were making her to be this vicious monster, there were those who were like, oh, she needs to stop hanging around the type of people she hangs around. She was the problem for even being in that situation. Right. She was, it was just like, she was getting it at all ends. She either did something to him to cause him to feel justified in shooting her or she shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. And I got in a big rock down fight with somebody close to me behind that shit. Like, and, and you know what pisses me off the most too is that so many people in the industry, right? were out here partying with Megan Thee Stallion when she was last year, when she was doing like her hot girl summer shit as she was on tour and people were driving a boat and all this shit. So many different celebrities were here for Megan Thee Stallion. The minute she experiences violence, a lot of these people are fucking quiet and don't say shit. A lot of these male rappers who, if it had been a black man that had gotten shot, would have been out here like, oh, praying for so-and-so wasn't saying shit. Because a lot of y'all black 
male rapper faves are pieces of shit. I'm just putting it out there, okay? So I hope y'all know how to separate the art from the artist because the artist is fucking garbage. Sure. Anyway. Can I, I want to also just hop in there real quick and add a little tidbit because I, I love the fact that you mentioned that so many people were out here partying with Megan and then there was just complete radio silence when she, it came out that she got shot. Mm-hmm. People didn't really start speaking up for this girl with their chest until she confirmed what happened you see what i'm right. saying because so they were speculating too because they were, they were like oh well i don't know what happened so i ain't gonna so speak i ain't gonna say nothing so it had to take her coming onto this internet to talk her business and say yo this man shot me for no reason i was not beating on his ass there was no fight why did it have to why did she have to come to state her case why did she have to come to defend her own honor for people to then turn around and defend her because black women have to go above and beyond to get a scrap of fucking protection, love, attention, anything from our own community. A fraction of respect. A fraction. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the internet was a really ugly place. Um, the other day when she came out, she did a live. And the thing is I could tell, so she's done several lives. The first live was when she came out and she had to, because Initially, after she made her first, so her first statement again, it was a, a text, like it was a sort of no statement, whatever. Yeah. Right? She re- she wrote it out. She confirmed that she had been shot, that she hadn't been arrested. The second video she came out with was her basically saying, like, people are on here asking me what I did. People are on here asking me if I got in a fight. Like, she basically just wanted to confirm, like. Someone I trusted shot me and I didn't do anything to deserve it. Yeah, and that funny. video break my heart because Megan Stallion is the, the happiest, most go lucky. Like, you know, she going to come out here. She going to drink. She going to party. She going to twerk. She going to laugh. Like Megan Stallion is not problematic. Megan Stallion does not be out here beefing with nobody. Like she's legit. One of the most positive people out here in terms of like mainstream artists like legit and this is not just me standing megan the stallion like this is a fact she don't be out here beefing with people it just yeah you never hear horror stories regarding megan the stallion there's no beef. right there's no none of that and even people you don't hear stories of makeup artists going on her set and coming out traumatized you don't hear none of this like megan the stallion is probably one of the very few unproblematic people in the industry she works she works with everybody like Mm -hmm. she's a sweetheart so for her to come on this live and y'all to have her crying out here on on the internet just so that she can explain to you like i did first of all people who experience violence should never have to come anywhere or make a statement that say i didn't do anything to deserve this repeat that part again please people who experience violence should never have to explain what they did or didn't do to dissolve it. Okay. And I know some of y'all going to be saying, well, some people do dissolve violence and that's your fucking problem. What I'm saying is that we always, the first thing, especially when it comes to black women, the first thing we want to know is what did, what did they do? Right. And y'all need to understand people will be out here committing violence just because they fucking can, especially men. Okay. Especially small men. <laughs> Kidding. I take the, <laughs> cut the part out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I got cut it off. I did one, like, relax. Anyway. <laughs> but, no, like, and it's infuriating to see her have to, because y'all don't understand, like, 
experiencing trauma is hard enough, but continuing to have to talk about it, like y'all have her coming out here and having to explain herself when she's the victim, she experienced the trauma. And then she had to come out a second time because not only were, you know, random people all over the world, blogs, other rappers, DJ academics with his trash Mickey Mouse looking ass. All these people are speculating, but apparently Tory Lane's people, his publicists and all that stuff. Yeah. They're also going to these blogs and sort of feeding them information. Oh, this is what happened. This is what led to the incident so that he can, you know, look less like, like the bad guy. So she has to come out and set the record straight. She does. She finally, you know, says, this person shot me. This is this, Tory Lane shot me. This is why he shot me. I didn't do anything wrong. And she literally, you know, lays out the entire situation. And people go from saying she had to do something to dissolve it to now she's a snitch. So look at, let's just look at how imbalanced the scales are. Let's just look at how... It's just been so easy for everybody to lean on lean on black women so heavily. This incident happens. You would think that because she didn't open her mouth, Tory Lanez and his people would just be a little gracious, right? They would be grateful for the fact that she could she she was the victim from day one, from the jump. She could have snitched on his ass. She kept quiet. She literally was tight lipped. You would think they would just take that and continue on being silent, but no. They feel the need to make sure to protect his character in some way. So they turn around and diminish hers when she was already dealing with all kind of fuck shit. She was already being piled on. So now she has to come out and defend her own name when, like you said, she's a victim of violence. She shouldn't have to. And that's the part that pisses me off the most, right? Like, why are we... Of this entire situation. Like, the part that hurts me the most is that the reason Megan Stallion didn't tell the police who shot her, the reason Megan Stallion didn't come out and say who shot her immediately afterwards, it wasn't because she was trying to keep her business private. It, and she said it herself. Police had rolled up on them, was telling them to get out the car. She was bleeding. And the reason she couldn't tell them or didn't tell them that this dude had just shot her is because... Black people out here getting shot. And she knew that that's what it would lead to if they knew they had a gun in the car. And why we can't even get half of that in return? How is it that she just got shot and she's still thinking quick on her feet? I have to make sure none of us get shot because this fool got a gun in the car. So let me... Make sure let, he don't get shot because he's the one who have a gun in the car. But regardless of who has the gun, we all getting killed. Right. So why, do, why does she have to be the one to fucking think of all this shit? So let me ask you this. Uh-huh. How many times in your life have you experienced either violence or being put in an uncomfortable position or being made to be afraid or any kind of trauma at the hands of a black man? And how many times have you not said anything or not, I guess, gone to the authorities or not, you know, cussy out in public or just not brought attention to it for the sake of protecting him? Oh, I've, that, I've never done that. Not like I've, I have experienced some traumatic things at the hands of black men, but me not saying anything had nothing to do with me protecting them. It had everything to do with me feeling like I would not be believed or feeling like I would break up a family or, you know, cause harm to the people in that person's life, but never me feeling the need to protect that person. But in a way, 
I guess, yeah. I feel like in a way that is protecting them because they get to keep their family. They get to keep their way of life. They get to keep their reputation. You're right. And it's, it's the same thing for me. Like there've been so many times where I didn't say this, that person right there sexually assaulted me or that person right there put me in a position where I felt uncomfortable. Why? Because that person has a family, that person has a reputation or black men are always getting, you know, targeted when it comes to police and, and being sent to jail and being killed and all this shit. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want, I don't ever want to be the person who sends a black man to jail, right? Yeah. Because it would make me feel like shit because we all know rates of incarceration are higher. You yeah. know, rates of, of police brutality are higher. All of that shit. But at the same time, it's like, yo, I'm the first one out here screaming my fucking neck off for you. And you still put me in, in positions of being harmed. Yeah. I feel like, I think... Sometimes people just assume that I don't fuck with black men at all or I don't love black men or whatever the case is because I'm very vocal about the fact that at a very young age, I peep, you know what? I probably should take back my answer to the other, the other question, but at a very young age, I peep that black men don't really value women the way they should, or at least their own women, if you add, you know? And so I decided I ain't gonna put myself in a position where I have to rely too heavily on them, whether it be emotionally in, 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 in any capacity. When I find the ones who are worth it, yeah, I'll invest in them. Otherwise, I'm good. You, like, that's a decision I made at a young age just because I peeped it early. You know, I watched all the women who fucking raised me crying over these niggas. And I was like, mm, not for me, not doing that. Mm-mm. I was a kid. So... Even like the choices that I made to not share violent things that I've experienced, um, even though I felt like it wasn't to protect them, you're right. They still ended up coming out ahead in the long run, you know, mm-hmm. so I could see. how. So, so for the, the, for the black men listening and for the black women who are probably listening and don't understand where, where we're coming from or what we mean when we say that we're not being protected in our community. If you're listening and you're a black woman, there's a likelihood that you've walked to a gas station, been catcalled by one or more black men, and there was another black man there who didn't say anything or do anything. If you're a black woman, statistically, especially if you're a black woman who lives in either the United States or one of the U.S. territories, there's a likelihood that you've been sexually assaulted. And because sexually, sexual assault usually happens at the hands of somebody that you know intimately versus somebody that you don't know, there's an increased likelihood that the person who assaulted you is either a black man or woman, right? There is a likelihood that you have been cussed out by a black man publicly, because you didn't answer him when he tried to talk to you. There's a likelihood that you've been harassed in your social media inboxes by a black man, despite you showing disinterest in him and then called a bitch or some other form. There's a likelihood that you've been on the internet and seen black men laughing at, at the aesthetics of black women or making fun of black women or, you know, being misogynistic towards black women or saying, I prefer yada, 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 because they're better than black women or black women are louder or they're more violent or they're this or they're that. You are familiar in some way, shape or form with one of the scenarios that I just named. Yet you're also familiar with the fact that whenever police brutality becomes a national subject again, 
black women are the loudest in speaking for protection for black men. Black women are putting their bodies on the front line in between police and other black male protesters. Black women are the wives whose husbands or, or sons or brothers just got shot by police on, on national television showing their trauma to the whole world. But okay, us talking about not feeling protected is just us being dramatic. Oh yeah, and I'm okay. Grateful. Yeah, dramatic and ungrateful we are. That and shit what is frustrates crazy me, me is the black men who feel like they're doing a good enough job. I'm not saying that all black men aren't protecting black women. However, unfortunately, the black men who do protect black women are among a minority. And if they're not speaking up to the ones who aren't protecting us, if they're not speaking up and calling out the ones who are violent toward us, they're just as bad. Exactly. They're just as bad. So it's it's not enough to just, oh, let me let me say this word now because I bought a Talaya story. If you don't follow me on Facebook, you'll 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 be hearing the story for the first time. But it's not enough to just be a fucking nice guy, okay? Nice guys are the bare-ass minimum. Nice guys are the people who the filling all the answers and their homework don't care if the answer correct or not. They'll just turn that shit into the teacher for participation points, okay? It's not enough for everything that black women are going through. It's not enough for you to just be a nice guy. Nobody gives a fuck if you're you know, a nice guy. You know they rest in that, though, because they know that so many men are not doing enough that they feel like if they do the bare minimum, then they can just rest on that. Oh, but I'm so right. nice. I'm just... But nigga, you're using that against me. You're weaponizing that. You're expecting me to give you the entire world when you're just giving me a country. Like, sir. Not even I a country. Don't. A parish. Not anyway. You're right. Uh, so, so the other day, actually, no, this, this, I'm going to start at the very beginning. At the very beginning of the year, I started receiving like likes and comments and all types of shit from this guy on Facebook who I had, had never seen before. The guy is from the Virgin Islands. The guy is black. Wait, I didn't realize he was from home. He was from home. Oh God. That so makes it, it makes it even more disturbing because like the, you're, you're from the community that I live in. So anyway, so he stopped liking up everything on my page, commenting, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And you know, sometimes you get just those random spammy people and you're just like, who the fuck is this? And you ignore it, right? Yeah, like they just recently popped up on your page for the first time. So they scroll in and they, right. yeah, and you right. think it's going to stop. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you get those overzealous guys who are like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And you're just like, okay, I know you definitely see that I'm engaged on my page, but whatever. Um, not even that protects you, by the way. So... He sent me a friend request, but I ignored it because I was like, you're already doing too much without me accepting a friend request. So I'm not accepting a friend request. So I routinely check in, you know how in your Facebook messages, you have your inbox that pops up when your friends message you. And then you have your request where if somebody yeah. who isn't your friend messages you, their message go, goes in there. I call that the stranger danger zone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You want diamond to cut the stranger danger box. Yeah, so, the stranger danger box. So I occasionally check my stranger danger box mainly because like I, I have a lot of platforms and sometimes people reach out to me that aren't my friend on Facebook asking questions or whatever. So I checked it and I saw like repeated messages from this guy. And all he would say in the messages is hello. Right? Nothing else. Just hello. Oh, right? Yeah. 
And I, I, at first I didn't take it too seriously because we all know there's like one VI man who repeatedly don't message us every like two or three weeks and be like, what's going on mama? And even if we don't respond in the next three weeks, what's going on mama? Mm -hmm. So I'm you, I'm going to call it harassment because that's what it is, but I'm used to that kind of, unfortunately I'm used to that kind of harassment, right? We're all familiar with men who, whether we was, whether we respond or not, will repeatedly message us. Because they feel we owe them our response, right? Was, yep, that's what it is. They feel entitled to our presence. Right. So he, you know, messages me repeatedly, whatever. I ignore it. And then a couple of weeks later, he proceeds to like spam my page again. So I'm just like, okay, you getting creepy. So I block him. And I'm under the impression at the time of blocking him that if I block you off my personal page, you can't interact with me on any other other pages that I own. So I run the Gyal Meets Wall page. I run our podcast page. I run my madras. Like I do a lot. Yeah. So one day I'm like checking my notifications on the Gyal Meets Wall page, and my my notifications are like in the fifties, are like higher. And I'm just like, I haven't really been active on this page. So what the fuck is going on? Oh and I check my inbox and he in there again talking about some hello. And I'm just like, sir, oh my God. what is you? So at that point, of course, creeped out. And the comments he's leaving is like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I'm so in love with you. Blah, blah, blah. And listen, Ayo, love don't flatter me. Okay. I had a lot yeah. of my love me in my life. Okay. And I know that I'm beautiful. I don't wake up in the morning, look at myself and be like, Jesus Christ. So nothing you tell me on Facebook is going to flatter me for real. Right. So I look for ways to, to block him from that page. And I find out that you have to, you know, ban someone from your public pages or whatever. So I ban him from that page. So I don't, I don't even remember how much time passed in between me blocking him from the girl meets world page and the email, but I got an email from this person and the creepiest part about it was that the email didn't go to my girl meets wall email. The email didn't go to my personal email, which it's my personal email is probably somewhere out there because of all the work that I've done. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody found it, but he emailed the thrift store email, which means he went to my Instagram because the thrift store is only on Instagram and he found the thrift store and he emailed the thrift store. So you have to go through an entire process to do that. So here's the point where, so if, if this had gone any other way, I probably could have laughed about it because again, I'm used to this type of harassment, right? But it was the fact that he messaged the thrift store, right? And because I take donations to the thrift store, my business address is on there, oh, wow. which I go to my business address often because I have to pick up packages, right? Right. So it made me, I don't know, the minute I like put two and two together, I was like, oh my God, like my, the address is on there. Like I freaked out. I felt paranoid. I felt like gross. I felt like somebody could see me through my window. Like I got so, I got so paranoid. Right. And the thing is I have previous experience with this. So I, I had an incident on Sincori when I was younger where somebody didn't sexually assault me, but tried to sexually assault me. And when I stopped it from happening and was on some, like, don't ever fucking talk to me again type shit, he proceeded to stalk me. And it was a very violent sort of stalking because he was upset that I had turned him down and I never reported it. 
never talked about it because he was such a like quote unquote respected person like among oh people God. I knew. So he legit was on some crazy shit. Like he would drive by my mother's house and like call my phone from different numbers. Like, like crazy, right? And this is when I was younger. Like I was walking on St. Croix. Um, I was like, it was like a gap year in between college. And it was just this random incident. So ever since then, I've been like freaked out by men who I've seen. Persist. Right. Men have these. It, it I, And this is okay. I'm going to stop sort of clarifying myself because if you need me to say not all men at this point, like if you need me to say that, then yeah. you have a problem. Exactly. Um, you should know the men that I'm talking about, whatever. So these men, I was just, when you just insert these, <laughs> these men, when you, when you reject them and, but I don't even want to say these because you don't never know which one is going to be. It's like, you know, I this is, it's you like know, fucking, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just want to interject because, you know, there's so much, theory, so many theories and stuff that back the fact that men enjoy a chase or masculine energy rather enjoys pursuing what they're attracted to. The difference though, between these men and most men who are not dangerous is there. It's like that heightened. So it, it turns into violence. It, it, yeah, it does turn into violence and they take you saying no as Sometimes they're not understanding that no genuinely means no. And it's not you playing hard to get and being cute and coy. It's they don't understand boundaries. They don't understand how to take. I don't think it's that they don't understand. I think it's that they don't give a fuck. It's it's um, I think some of these sometimes they just have some loose screws like we can't. But I but but I don't even want to like because the, the thing is, Deidre, like there are some people who have those mental issues and like just don't understand boundaries. Right. But so many of these incidents that I think women have in common involve men who are perfectly like mentally it's capable. Were, it's because they were brought up not being held accountable and being right. brought up to feel like if right. they're told no, they just have to keep going for go. After and then they're also, they're so, also brought up with the understanding that violence is how you express that you don't like something. Exactly. So, so often when we tell men, no, when we say, I don't want this, when we say, you know, fuck this, like, and we respond to them in a way that's not like praising the ground and they walk that they walk on, they respond to us with violence. So, you know, of course I had that incident back home. I, it, the response was violence. And that, that wasn't the first time and wasn't the last time that a, a man has responded to me violently. So this incident, as simple as it had seemed to everybody, as wait that seems simple to everybody that's why i'm going to lie no so but i feel like people might think like oh it's not a big deal just block here and keep it moving right but the reason it bothered me so much the reason i got paranoid the reason i was like oh my god i feel unsafe even though i live in arizona of all places was because this person in some way shape or form found a way to access my personal information exactly and it was because he wasn't satisfied with the fact that I hadn't responded to him on two different pages. So he took it to the next level. So what's to say he wasn't ready to take it to the next level. So, you know, I felt really afraid. I felt really disgusted. And for the, honestly, for the first time of all these incidents I've dealt with, it was the first time that I was like, do I really want to be a content creator anymore? If, if, the potential for things like this to happen is like that legit. Like, yeah. do I want to be such a public personality or whatever online? Like I will, I will question it 
everything, right? I can see, I can see why. So, because the thing is, is we also have to factor in the amount of effort it took. We can, like sometimes I feel like some people are just oversimplifying this. Right. You know how much time they have to take to send each of those messages and then to turn around and look for other ways to get in touch with our account that blocked you. That exactly. is time consuming exactly. and that is obsessive. Okay. Exactly. And if he could go to those lengths, imagine how much further he's willing to go. So yeah, he noticed this address right now. COVID is really out here doing a heads, a handstand. Okay. Right. Tickets are cheap. If he's bored and he gained his little unemployment checks, he could easily hop on a next flight to Arizona if he wanted to. Listen, but nobody's taking <laughs> these things into account. So I, because of that, and because, you know, I write about most things that I experience for the sake of people being able to relate and people being aware. So I wrote about it on my Facebook page and I was like, yo, like this is harassment and this is stalking. Right. And a bunch of people commented on it and they were like, I hope you reported it. I hope you made a report, blah, blah, blah. And people started sharing it. And almost everybody that shared it was a black woman. And almost every black woman that shared it was on some like, this has happened to me before, or this happens to me regularly, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's men sending unsolicited nudes and violating us in that way, or men trying to quote unquote compliment us and tell us how nice they are. And then when we reject them or don't respond, they call us bitches or this incident that, that I experienced. Mm -hmm. And then on one of my friend's pages... So she shares it. And of course, a man comments on it. And of course, he's a black guy. And of course, he says, don't block your blessings, mama. He could have been a billionaire. So oh my God. I, and the, the most frustrating, and this is, listen, my emotions went all over the place. I wanted to respond to he and tell he to go jump off a cliff and fuck himself while doing it, right? Because y'all know me. I have a mouth on me. I just have fucked more times than most people. I really wanted to respond to him with the rage and the frustration that I was feeling, but I knew that if I did that, he would gaslight me. Because on top of us receiving violence from you, when we express our emotions and our frustration and our sadness, you gaslight us and tell us that we're being crazy and that we're being dramatic and that all black women to do is come on the internet and cuss out you yeah. And we don't complain that we don't have men, but then when men show us attention, we don't yeah. want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I literally, even in a moment where he was taking a traumatic incident that happened to me as a joke, I had to dial it back and respond to him with a level head because I knew that if I didn't, he would, he would make it something bigger than it. Right. So, of course, luckily, my my the friend who shared it responds to him first. And she's like, yeah, no, fuck that. Billionaire or not, it's stalking. It's yeah. harassment. But that shit infuriated me for the same reason that this Megan Stallion situation pissing me off. For the same reason that when black women die at the hands of police and people are like, well, what did they do? All of that shit, the reason it pisses me off is because nobody ever blames the person who responds to us with violence. Nobody. Nobody. Like, y'all seriously heard that Tory Lanez put on the window from the back seat and shot... First of all... His little punk ass wasn't even driving. I've argued with people in my life, right? And I've been... Y'all, you ain't ever gonna meet a bitch with a worse temper than here, is that okay? I know y'all think I funny, but I don't be ready to fight a bitch. So if I 
who has had access to a gun for most of her life have never shot one eye on her Like, you know how, how, how much thought, like, what is the thought process when you're arguing with someone, arguing verbally in an altercation and you say, I gonna shoot this person? Uh, yeah, that's, that's wild. That's extreme. This person, and the thing is, she was walking was, away. She was like, walking away. It, it wasn't that she was hitting. And the thing is, even if they were physically fighting, you gonna shoot someone? You gonna shoot the girl? And let's also just address... <sighs> It's taken a lot in me not to get extremely outraged right now as I say what I'm about to say. Because, you know, I like to keep a, you know, my same tone. We need Fuck to address, these people. We need to, well, this is just for me because my energy, that'll be strong. And I ain't trying to be out here hyperventilating. We need to talk about Drea. We can't have this conversation without talking about Drea. And people like Drea is why these kind of things continue to happen. Because you have idiots like that fucking bimbo who perpetuate this kind of A bullshit. whole bird. A parrot. A condor, to, a fucking American eagle with golden feathers. Are you talking about your platform? <laughs> Just so disturbed. I don't even have to repeat her comments. Y'all know what she said. For you to go on a platform like that, after hearing that a, a woman was shot by a man, and make, a, make light of it in the form of glorifying domestic abuse... That right there, that in of itself is what's so disturbing to me. And, it's and this like, is why we don't you, fuck with pick You are why men feel comfortable doing this to all women. Because they think that, you know, there are some men who really think that women just like to play hard to get because they like it rough. And there are women who perpetuate that shit. There are women who feel like men aren't rough enough for them. And so they need to find someone tougher. Men are not hard enough. Men are not taking it enough. And it's like... Yeah. My thing is like what you like. If you like roughness, like roughness. But if that kinks if your if your little kinks don't allow you to see when a situation is clearly violent exactly. and rough. I was gonna say there is a huge difference between a kink and straight up abuse. If you are okay with your man quote as as this dumbass said, loving you so much that he busts a cap in your ass because you're trying to leave, that is not love, you dumb bitch. That is literally not love. The, you listen, you can pull my hair or whatever you want. You could be a little aggressive in a bedroom. That don't mean you need to be busting shots. To, you know, you don't need to be fucking shooting me in the feet because I'm walking away from an argument. That's a huge, that, those are two. But that's not love. That, that, that wasn't even anywhere close to love or close to, not. right? That's, that's, my- that's his need to feel ownership over her in a but moment. But that's it right there because Drea turned that situation into, oh, I want somebody to love me enough to shoot me. And it's like, no, you're glorifying domestic violence. Nobody loves you enough to shoot you. Like you said, that is not love, okay? The, fuck! You know what's crazy? Supposedly she lost her um her Savage Fenty of endorsement for that. It was never confirmed, but like I feel like that's some Absolutely. shit Rihanna would, would do. Absolutely. And if she did, I'm so glad. Because because even before this situation, Drea, you were leaving your child in apartments to go walk over the weekend, okay? Your child was over here eating Fruit Loops for dinner and not knowing when his mother was coming home. And it's... it's, Right, and it's sad as fuck, but also, like, I'm so glad that the internet returned and reminded you how shit of a woman you be. Because for you to make light of this situation is is insane to me. You know what, though? Also, I'm a little disappointed in myself for even giving Drea my energy. Because you know what? What more do you... 
I don't expect much more from somebody like Drea. As sad as that is, people like Drea, yeah, she's a bird and that's all they do. They just cluck nonsense. So I'm a little disappointed in myself. For but but a lot of people responded that way to the situation with humor. And, and that's another thing we're going to talk about. A lot of the times when bad things happen to black women, y'all turn it into a meme. Y'all turn it into a joke. It's always funny when a black woman gets harmed. It's always hilarious to you guys. But when when black men experience violence, we're all serious and marching and protesting and worried about our sons and all like and that's all valid by all means. We should be concerned if any member of our community experiences violence. But y'all turn Brianna Taylor into a fucking meme. Like like, they turn her into TikTok dances and videos and catchphrases and all types of shit talking about, oh, well, we're just trying to raise awareness. No, y'all no. don't take black women seriously. You're, you're not taking black women seriously. And now you're capitalizing on something that's so much more important just for your own engagement. Like, don't do that. Don't be that person. Like, it's it's hella upsetting just. And for people who are like, oh, well, what do y'all want us to do? Y'all managed to raise awareness for George Floyd while turning him into a joke. Y'all managed to raise awareness for Ahmaud Aubrey while turning him into a joke. Yeah. Brown, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile. I have plenty of names for you of people, of black men, who've been killed by police who y'all didn't turn into a joke, okay? I have plenty of examples for you of black men in, in mainstream, in the rap game, who've either been assaulted, arrested, or killed, and y'all took that shit it was it it was super serious, but the minute Megan and Stallion gets shot, it's a meme. Oh, they were fighting. Oh, I wonder what what that short man syndrome and all type of stuff like. Oh, she um she he was flirting with Kylie Jenner and she was livid and and it's like let's even if Tori had shot Kylie Jenner in one of the boobs or some shit, the outrage. Okay, like God like, forbid, and that's not even me, like wishing violence against anybody else but like at at the same time it's the truth if it had been her it would have been outrage it would have been straight up outrage there would not be not one meme in sight that's why the drea situation pisses me off too because even drea because although drea i'm assuming drea's black in some way although drea is there would be outrage. She's racially yeah, ambiguous. Light skin, exactly. She's racially ambiguous. She doesn't look like Megan Thee Stallion. Y'all need to understand that it's not just the way y'all treat black women. It's the way that y'all treat darker skinned black women. It's the way that y'all treat identifiably black women. Okay. Yep. Y'all treat them like shit. Yep. And then y'all expect us to ride for you. And I'm trying to understand how that works. That's like you getting your ass beat to join a fraternity and then them man like welcoming you right after and be like, oh, hey, brother, after they just beat your ass. Yeah, and it's like, what? And I'm assuming that's why a lot of you think this whole mega situation is funny because you do let fraternity brothers beat your ass and then join the same fraternity. But anyway, we could keep going. I know half my listeners going to be like, damn, Jay, you ain't supposed right. to talk about that. I don't give a fuck. Anyway. Don't we know that should be happening. I just it's 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 overwhelming it's frustrating it's heartbreaking it feels like we're just here to to walk we're here to be the the biggest population of voters we're here to be your mothers we're here to be your your therapists we're here to 
just take violence and not say anything about it. But we're also here to be disregarded by you romantically and, and for you not to date because you prefer women of other races. We're also here to be your jo- the butt of your jokes when we experience violence. We're also here to shut the fuck up about the sexual violence that we statistically receive more from you than anybody else because God forbid a black man get arrested. Yep. I'm tired. Well, what are we going to do, girl? Because I know what I've decided to do. What works best for me. Tell the people. Oh, I don't tap into my big Aquarius energy and remove myself from the situation. I, for one, I'm not showing up on a motherfucking protest. I'll donate to the bail funds. I'll share the meme. Not the meme, sorry. I'll share the damn bail funds. I'll share the, you know, whatever awareness needs to be raised. But I am not putting my body on the front lines of shit for nobody who ain't doing the same for me. The only black men who are getting my energy are the black men who equally give a fuck about us. The black men who understand our value in this world and who have made a promise to protect us in the same way that we protect them. And we also have to remember that you're playing an important role by raising a black man who will understand that although he's precious, although he's valuable, and although all of us adore him, like you gonna respect black women out here absolutely, and not absolutely. just a black woman just because she's your mother like you gonna exactly. respect black women out here exactly and that's the and that's the last but certainly not least that's what i was about to segue into is like i literally like for one i just kind of knew i was having a son like once i knew i was pregnant i was like oh this is a son and this is great because i get to raise him the women are supposed to be raised i get to make sure that my contribution to society is a black man who's going to actually do his part and treat women the way they deserve to be treated so like that's like that goes without saying for me because like the fuck man like we're toast otherwise you know so So, i'm I'm just a treat so where do you think the misunderstanding is do you think that the reason some black men feel it's okay to treat us the way that they do is because they receive this racial violence from white people. Because I've seen a clip like that. Um, and I actually watched sort of the full conversation between Nikki Giovanni and um, James Baldwin. And he basically said like, you know, I have to fake it with the white man. Like I have to go to work and be nice and, and be this proper black man. And when I come home, like I shouldn't have to fake it with you. And she was like, fuck that shit. Because when you come home, the, the anger that you don't display to him, exactly. you come home and take me. it out on exactly. me. So fake that shit with me. Right. Exactly. And I remember we, you know, there were conversations about it on social media and black men were like, yo, like if we can't come home and be you vulnerable with be you. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear that a lot. Like y'all supposed to be our peace. And I get it. You need peace from racism, but not at the expense of mine. Exactly. I was about to say, if we can't be each other's peace, because just like you have your shit you need to deal with outside of this house, I have my shit I need to deal with outside of this house. And that- if I can't come home to you and get that same love and peace and all that fuck shit, keep it, nigga, keep it. Now, I'm about to ruffle a lot of feathers, but this is just my personal opinion based on my own observations, based on the people from my community. I feel like the black men who do protect black women and love on black women are those who were raised, y'all gonna be mad at me, but those who were raised in two parent households by 
black men who actually treasure their families and took care of their families. The black men who have all these issues with black women who make up every excuse in a book, whose first response when a black woman says, yo, I don't feel safe is what the fuck, when your first instinct is to say, but it's usually those men who were raised by a single black mother. And they tend to not like black women because their mother was too hard on them, too harsh, too this, too that. That woman who had to bear everything, take care of everything by herself. She's frustrated. Her fuse is short. She's a little short with her kids. Sometimes she is abusive, which is not okay, but these are the facts. Who was what? She's in this position. Why here, Isa? Why is she in a position where she's raising children by herself? See, but I don't fully agree with that. The person who's responsible for being there for her, for making sure that she ain't raising those fucking children by herself, the man who gives she them children, hi there with a new family. I'm not saying that's the case for the whole black community, so y'all just fucking keep it, okay? With fathers who actually gave a fuck. Because, yeah, you can have a father present. That don't mean that all of them give a fuck. I'm specifically talking about the fathers who also gave a fuck. Because some, some hmm. of these niggas was coming home, scratching their balls, like, where's my chicken, Bertha? Some of them was not being good fathers. I mean, I, I think... Toxic too. I think you're always going to have your anomalies, though, of course, which which you mentioned. Like, it, it you could have been raised in the most perfect household and still grow up to be a misogynist. The same way you could have been raised in a tolerant household and still grow up to be a fucking racist. Like, yeah. the likelihood of you being influenced by your childhood trauma and things that you've experienced, like, of course, it's going to be higher, for example, in single parent households and things like that. And like, your resentment could come from anywhere, but it's 20 fucking 20. And if y'all don't go and pay for better help and take some damn therapy and start, stop taking that shit out on us because right. And I, it right there. We can't, we can't hold on to your, we can't be responsible for your childhood shit. We can't fix that shit for you. Like, yeah. yes, your upbringing was fucking trash. Your parents are no longer responsible for you. So you recognize that shit. You realize that there's some sort of a fucking pattern here and you do what you have to do. I had some fucking dumbass shit happening too, but you know what I've been doing? You know what I've been doing? I've been seeing my therapist every week. Yeah, oh, good she old therapist. I've been making a lot of pr- progress too. I feel like she won't break Look at you. <laughs> I'm so excited. No, but I'll like... I'll just invest in ourselves in that way. There, yeah, there's this mindset that we have to be your therapist, that we have to endure suffering in order to be like you're right or die that bullshit right there if i ever have data i'm gonna be like yo the minute somebody compliments you or tell you you're a good girlfriend because you could deal with a bullshit run like run run. run i'm so tired of men coming on the internet and writing these these spiels about how yeah struggle love is not for me boo like it's not Struggle love is not for anybody, ladies, or whoever is attracted to these niggas out here. You should not have to endure the fucking million man race or whatever the fuck it called. You should not have to endure a ton of struggle and strife and hardship and abuse and backbreaking fuck shit before you get a man's love. Have you seen these black love trailers for the show Black Love? I don't watch that shit. (laughs) You know I don't watch there's a there's a show called Black Love. One we and I wish we had brought it up in the, the last episode about colorism, but Black Love as a show has a serious problem to where they only find couples where the husband is dark skinned and the wife is a light skinned woman. Two or just two light skinned people. Every time they feature these stories and talk about everything a couple been through and survived through, it's usually the husband doing some wild shit like cheating, having babies elsewhere, the baby mother died, like just all kind of crazy shit, and the black woman being like. Wait. The baby mother died. 
You need to watch this last um this I last refuse. episode of Black Love. You know it's so but, funny because for some reason I could never bring myself to watch that show. It just but no, like cringe. it makes me sad because these black women will literally present themselves like they went through war and like they have a, a medal of honor because they ride with a man through that shit. Keep it. Yo, you think that if a black woman comes on a show and says, I did A, B, and C to my husband and he stay with me, you think people will be on the internet like, yeah, that's a real couple. Let's talk about Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay, you know what's hilarious what I was saying? We were just talking about a whole woman who, who was involved, who had a next relationship during her separation and she get drugged for being a whore. Yeah, so, but you know how many how many famous black men have cheated on their wives, have kids with other people, and people Dwayne commend don't have a whole child. Dwayne Wade don't have a whole break baby, or and some people commend their wives for staying, for enduring that bullshit. People celebrate black women for being your fucking speed bump, for late, for being a doormat. That's what y'all want to celebrate us for, for taking your bullshit. Y'all don't want to celebrate us for being autonomous. You don't want to celebrate us for being strong by ourselves. You don't want to celebrate us for for standing up against your bullshit and misogyny. You want to celebrate us if we accept every fucking thing you throw at us, including violence. And we just be like, I love black men. She stood through so much. She withstood the test of time. Bitch, keep that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I am a strong believer. I can do better by myself if i'm going to have a whole other human in my life a whole grown adult in my life he need to add value to my life because i know for a fact that i added value to his life there's no way in hell a whole other human gonna be a part of my life and i have more headaches because of his fucking existence i have more shit to do i have more shit to worry about keep that shit i would rather be by myself keep it keep it i need people to understand that Y'all, I know that some men feel like the dynamics between black men and women are the direct results of racism. Like the reason you vent, you know, to us and we, we sort of take your bullshit and all of that stuff is because you, you deal with racism, right? I want people to, this is, this is our homework for this episode, right? I give it homework assignments now because fuck that. Your assignment is to go look up the word intersectionality because you cannot be a black man on the internet talking about racism and about equality and about wanting that when you don't understand that the things that black women go through have to do with intersectionality. We can't wake up and choose to be either woman or black. We are woman and we're black all the time. So while we're experiencing racism from white people, we're also experiencing misogyny from you and from white people. I was just about to say I'm it's called misogynoir, okay? Yep. So for people who say, "Oh, oh, you know it's another bullshit line I can't stand and and I don't need to go on your internet if you posted this, go ahead and delete it." What black men experience from police, black women experience from doctors. Fun fact, black women get killed by both police and doctors and black men. I was just about to say, I feel like we're getting it from everybody. I don't yeah. think it's just the doctors, baby. So <laughs> that statement, even though you mean well, even though you want to bring awareness to the fact that black women are dying at higher rates um, and, and experiencing medical malpractice and all types of shit at higher rates... 
you need to understand that when you say shit like that, you imply that we also don't experience police violence. And we do at very high rates. Black girls are more likely to be suspended from school. Okay. And if you understand the school to prison pipeline, you understand that suspension eventually leads to those same black girls being stereotyped and arrested at higher rates, which means that they experience violence at higher rates. I mean, before COVID really popped the scene and started doing what she wanted, a six-year-old child was escorted out of her school by police officers. Even during COVID, I think she's 14. A 14-year-old black girl was arrested and kept in jail for over a month because she didn't do her homework. What? Yes. Yes, because she didn't do her online school homework. Okay, she was arrested and the judge kept her in jail. Exactly. We don't you don't hear us talking about that that much. However, if I had came here and said, you know, something about any of the black men who've experienced police violence, you automatically know their names. You know their names and you know exactly what happened. But if I tell you about the things that black women have experienced, you're not as familiar. Where is that baby's parents? They need, oh my! Luckily, God. she 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 got released, and I'm I'm, I'm sure happy about did, that. But, but fucking, first of all, a whole fucking month. It might have been longer. Jesus Christ! Oh, also, 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 her laptop. What the fuck? Also, on top of that, on top of that, I've seen a video of a black woman being hit with a skateboard. I've seen a video of a black woman being catcalled at a gas station by a group of of men. I've seen a video of who else? It was another black woman that got assaulted on video. All of these are videos. And there were other black men in the vicinity and nobody did anything. On top of that, there's a young lady. um, Her username is Money Maya on Twitter. This rapper, she she didn't even... Oh my God, this is the part that upset me. She didn't even mention this man's name. She didn't at him. He wasn't even anywhere in the reply of the tweet, right? Basically, somebody was having a conversation about colorism in the rap industry, right? Mm. And he, I don't know if the person basically said like, oh, a lot of rappers are married to black women versus non-black women. She responded to that guy's tweet and said, yes. But if you look at them, the majority of them, I think the guy had lists like an, a, a list of rappers and the rapper name was in that list, right? Mm-hmm. But again, his account wasn't mentioned. So there's no way he received the notification, right? She responded to the dude tweet and said, yes, but if you look at their names, the majority of these men are married to light skinned black women, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't say all, she didn't call the dude the rapper name. She said, most of these men, which she wasn't lying, are married to light skinned black women. Well, you know, hey, dogs holler. So he, I guess, is searching his name on Twitter, like the loser fuck boy that he is, finds her and responds to her tweet and is like, are you talking about my wife and da, 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 da. So this whole beef ensues, right? She didn't respond to him with, with malice or anything like that. She was just like, I said most, I don't, I don't even know why you're here. DJ, he's been harassing this girl every day for, I think, I think it's going on 50 days now, close to two what? months, close to two months. He's been tweeting at, well, he started off with tweeting at her for like, it was like, it was scary levels. Like he would be going for like 12 hours a day, consistently talking about this girl, right? You sure ain't, I mean, you sure ain't his wife? No, it's, <laughs> I'm just, it's him. You know, I'm just being an asshole. Cause I'm <laughs> like, 
what, like maybe the no. way to get his access to his Twitter and she just it's, feel a little triggered. It's him, right? This is, that is so disturbing. So to the point where Twitter bans his account, right? Because it's it's legitimate harassment. Yeah. Twitter bans him. He goes to Instagram, continues harassing a girl. And, it's and you th- said this is a rapper? He yes. I can't girl? pronounce his name. I don't want to pronounce your name wrong because podcasts no, will live no. forever. Talib, all, is it no, Talib Kweli or... Talib Kweli? No. Yes. 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 First of all, no, no, no. Cut that out because I don't want he harassing me. Because I is who would find him. Fuck. No, yeah. listen to me. He could come harass me if he want. I bought that life. But anyway. Next thing you know, we get notifications <laughs> on motherfucking day. Oh, that's why he ain't got nothing to do here. Yeah. He I mean, tell he bring me notifications. We could get um more ratings and start chatting on Apple. But anyway. Let me go. Oh my anyway. God. Anyway. Anyway. So... He you know, he's like he's continued woman. his harassment of this uh-huh. black and it's a black woman that he's harassing and she's a, a dark skinned black woman. He's continued his harassment of her for close to two months. He's now on Instagram doing it. His followers are attacking her and her family. His followers are they call it doxing. They basically find your personal information online and post it. So they've posted her personal information online. She started a GoFundMe because she's trying to raise legal fees to get, yeah, to to get a lawyer to, you know, handle the situation. And his followers are reporting her GoFundMe. So her, she can't even, the money that her, you know, people supporting her have donated, she can't even collect it. It's, and then even the, the platforms that have written articles about it are writing it in a way that makes him, makes what he's doing seem less bad. Right, because of course, even black news platforms don't protect black women. Right, so sad. All of this from her situation, Megan Stallion, Brianna Taylor, my own experience with with old dude, you know, practically stalking me. Like, y'all have to understand how common all of this is how often it happens how often we're seeing it and then when we come online and we talk about it and we express ourselves and we say we don't feel protected by you y'all ask us what the fuck we talking about Mm. this is what we're talking about i was literally just googling what you were just telling me about that's why i gotta gotta send you some articles like it's crazy it's just see a couple of them me need to read them thing in great detail. You know, I don't absorb too much negative. Like, I don't want, oh my God, I feel so bad for that lady. Yeah. She's still experiencing it. And it's like, the reason. But even the fact that there's no resources to protect her yet, Twitter may have banned her, banned him. And okay, But Instagram hasn't. That's what I'm saying. Instagram hasn't banned him, nor have they protected her. Surely she's probably been reporting him. The fact that even GoFundMe, there's no means of her being able to make it a like. So yeah, his fans are reporting the GoFundMe. The fact that nobody at GoFundMe is aware of like y'all can't fucking review this fucking thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. mean? She's she's probably tried to explain it to them, but what people need to understand is like this man literally has millions of followers exactly, and he's exactly. leveraging that platform to harm a black woman exactly. publicly he's literally using his influence to harm a black and woman, the worst right? part is that there are other rappers who are supporting him in it you know what's crazy to me and i was so disappointed bun b who is a rapper from houston and everybody in houston knows and loves him right I have a lot of respect for him. He's a great rapper, great artist. 
he came out and he defended Megan Thee Stallion and basically was on some fuck Tory Lane shit. And I was like, I even tweeted, I was like, yo, when he when he came out and said it, I was like, this is a respected person in the rap like game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's amazing that he did this, you know. Yeah. And I was so proud of that. Went on Twitter, all cops. Bun B is a national treasure. Next thing you know, I find out that Bun B is supporting old dude who harassing a black woman. Like, cosigning and shenanigans, right? Here's the thing. Here's what this is. And this is how I feel. I feel like a lot of black men's love and any bit of energy that they invest into black women is conditional. So Megan Thee Stallion is being defended because she's from Houston. And because Because he knows her. And because he knows her. Um, Like, it's always conditional. Right. Your your protection of black women can't depend on your proximity to us. It can't be... Only if we smile at these niggas will they protect us from the dangerous ones. And it it can't be because we're your mothers. It can't be because we're your sisters. Because not all black women you gonna know. You're not gonna know all of us. There's gonna be a time where you see a black woman experiencing violence on the street in front of you that you ain't gonna know her from Sally. And if your choice as to whether you protect her or do anything or not is based on your proximity to her or whether you like her or whether you find her attractive that's bullshit and it's not good enough you know what's wild is i remember one time this was about a year or two ago i was in the mall i was actually leaving the mall and this black man was walking into the mall and i'm met i don't want to just assume they were mexican um some sort of Latinx family was walking into the mall. And I don't know what happened, but to my understanding, the father in the family called the black man a nigger. I don't know what was his reasoning for calling this man that or what, but the dude instantly was in defense mode, ready to fight. And my first instinct was to turn around and make sure to stay close by in case anything happened to him. That was my first instinct. I had to literally, I literally stopped where I was. I was heading to my truck. I stopped, turned around, because I heard him get riled up. But I, you know, deductive reasoning. So I went based on what he was yelling at the man. And it was clear that the man had provoked him. I called him a nigger. So I literally stopped. I come back just so I could stay within proximity to make sure that he's not further harmed. And then I had to be like, well, Deidre, you, you don't even know this man. You have to get home to your child. You know, I would like the same from black men. I would like a black man's first instinct when they see a black woman among strangers who gets upset because somebody has harmed her in some way, I would like for their first instinct to be, let me make sure this black woman is okay. I would really and for it not to be transactional after. And for it not to be because she's beautiful or, oh. I like, need you not to feel like you need a reward afterwards just exactly, because you did what you were supposed to do in that exactly, moment. Exactly. Exactly. Because we don't ask y'all to go on dates with us when we defend you from police. We don't ask y'all to go on dates with us when we go to protest for you. Otherwise, keep it. Because me, I'm just going to say, if I wasn't a mother, I would have stayed there until that shit had simmered down. The thing that that snapped me out of it, I said, Deidre, this is not your fight, was the fact that I had a child at home that I needed. I was like, I can't be putting myself in harm's way when I have a whole child. I have a black man I'm responsible for. But if I was, if I didn't have my son or anything like that to I would have been there until that shit was done. I wouldn't have jumped in and people fight, but I would have made sure that man didn't get killed or I would have at least made sure to have been present to defend him if by chance he, they was about to arrest him or some shit. No, but I can't be putting myself in harm's way for a group of people who don't give a fuck about. I don't, I, I don't, I don't deserve that. I deserve much better than that. And that's the episode. So in future weeks, like I would be open to 
expanding this discussion to have some black male guests on the podcast because I really, I know where the mentality comes from of, of feeling like, you know, what more do y'all want from us? But I genuinely want this to be a conversation. Um, Diamond actually made a post on social media today, or she reposted somebody else where it said, if a black man says, I don't feel loved enough by black women, then love them more. But if a black woman says, I don't feel protected by black men, then protect them. It's not a debate. It's not an argument. It's not an opportunity for you to say, well, I protect black women. No, if we as a whole, as an entire gender, as black women, if we're not feeling protected, if this is something that multiple black women are talking about often, then obviously we're not making that shit up. So do better. Y'all want love from us? We have to be physically around for y'all for y'all to be loved. We can't love you from a grave. We can't love you from exhaustion. We can't love you from a place of neglect. Okay? We have to be our whole selves in order to love y'all better. So how the fuck about y'all talk to y'all fuck ass homeboys? Anyway, episode done. <laughs> I start. Y'all, we're gonna catch y'all in the next one. Thank I you guys. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do. And I know this episode was intense and it was emotional and all that stuff. But like, this is a conversation we needed to have. And I genuinely hope that whether you're a black man or a black woman, you take the opportunity to talk to someone and bring this conversation up because we need to do better as a whole. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yo, I'm literally yes. going to take a shower and me- meditate after this episode. My, I'm so <laughs> yeah. like... And I'm not even joking. I'm dead serious. My energy has shifted so much. Like, even when, like, mm-mm, I need to go cleanse myself yeah. for this energy. Mm-mm. All right. So, DJ, I'm going to go cleanse. I'm going to go drink. And we're going to see you guys right back here. Since this was an extra episode, y'all gained three episodes in the span of a week. So, we'll see y'all right back here on Monday on the Beautiful People Podcast. Why are we spoiling these people? Bye. <laughs> I don't know either. I ain't paying for these Patreons. Anyway, bye. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory and is a proud member of the Kickin' It family. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Use hashtag Good Up Tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash Good Up Podcast.